And welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It is 3.04 p.m. on Friday, November 3rd, if you're listening to the live broadcast. We're going to be here with you on KHMG 88.1 FM until 5 p.m. Live, local, talking variety programming here on our Christian radio station, the Ministry of Harvest Baptist Church. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. This is Live Till 5. I'm glad to have you with us today on this Friday, November 3rd. If you ever miss part of the show, you can always tune in from noon to 2 on Saturdays or 7 to 9 p.m. on Sunday nights. So catch us on the rebound, noon to 2 Saturdays, 7 to 9 p.m. on Sunday nights. We do that because we know most people cannot listen wall to wall straight two hours through. Many people are just catching us as they're driving about after school or on their way to a sports game, or on their way home from church. So if you miss part of the show, you can always tune in noon to 2 Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday night. You can also listen online. KHMG.org is our website. And there are different ways that you can listen through our live stream right there on our website. So you don't even have to have a radio to be able to listen to our radio station and this program. And if you ever want to listen to this show at a later time, we upload it as a podcast through, the, through that same website, khmg.org. So I encourage you to go to our website, khmg.org, and look at all the great podcasts that are available there. Not only this show, but many other great programs that we produce here at Harvest Family Radio. We also would love to hear from you today. We're on Facebook at Harvest Family Radio Guam. Just look us up, follow us, and then you'll get updates from time to time as we upload new podcasts, we load new music in, maybe we have a link to Take Note or one of our other programs that we're, that we're producing that day, and you can stay up to date. It's also a way for you to be able to stay in touch with us. You can reach us through our email, through our website at khmg.org, but if you just go to Harvest Family Radio, uh, you can send us a message through Facebook, and we love to communicate with you. We want to know What's going on with you, what you enjoy about our radio station ministry, what we can do to be a blessing to you, and we love doing this. 21 and a half years on the air, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, beautiful Christian music, Bible-based programming. This little show we do on Friday afternoons is just kind of a light-hearted approach to the end of the week, trying to give you an opportunity to have a just a, a nice alternative on a Friday afternoon, make you smile a little bit, we hope. Hopefully educate you a little bit as well and build you up in your Christian walk, edify you, and encourage you. We talk about different things that are happening in the world. We talk about some fun stuff that's happening around here. We'll interview people from the community. And then we have some regular guests on the show, Chris Harper, the station manager, all-around good guy, 
uh, news anchor, photojournalist, and uh, he's he wins a lot of our quizzes when we do our quiz time with Sebastian Basildua, who's only about 13 day, uh, 14 days away from getting married, 14 and a half days away from getting married, and he's our quiz master. And then we have Lawrence Nangas, who's our local history professor, and he does this day in history. And then, of course, I have some regular segments that, that I share with you, including Stranger Than Fiction, because I find stories that are interesting and sometimes funny, sometimes infuriating, sometimes they just make you scratch your head, but oftentimes truth is stranger than fiction, they say, and that is definitely the case when it comes to stories that are out there in the media, so I'll share those with you as well. We have a theme every week. This week, our theme is Texas, because I don't know if you heard or not, but the Houston Astros won the World Series, and so as an homage to the Houston Astros, we're going to talk a little bit about Houston and a little bit about Texas today, and you'll be hearing more about that. It is November, and anytime we hit a new month, we have a bunch of new observances to talk about here. November is, and oh, by the way, thanks to Bob the Librarian for providing this list to me every single month. November is Addiction Awareness Month. Adopt a Senior Pet Month, America Recycles Month, Aviation History Month, Banana Pudding Lovers Month. Oh, so it's not Banana Pudding, it's Banana Pudding Lovers Month. Okay. Child Safety and Prevention, COPD Awareness, Diabetic Eye Disease, Families Stories, Gluten-Free Diet Awareness, Good Nutrition, Great American Smoke Out, Greens and Plantains, Historic Bridge Awareness, Home Care Month, Hospice Month, and uh, International Percussion Month and Lung Cancer Awareness Month, to name a few. There are a lot of observances in the month of November. Of course, one of my favorite is coming up in about three weeks. Also, this first week of November, there's some special observances. It is Medical Surgical Nurses Week. It's also National Diabetes Education Week from the 5th through the 11th, so that's starting this weekend. National Fig Week, if you like figs. Uh, I don't know if you can get figs on Guam or not, but you can get Fig Newton cookies. I think that has figs in it. National Patient Accessibility Week. We're right in the middle of that right now. Pumpkin Chunkin' Days. Oh, I love this holiday. I always get off on a tangent every time this comes up. Pumpkin Chunkin' Days. This is the competition where they hurl pumpkins uh, for different Guinness World Records. And uh, where we, I believe, where the competition is held annually is in Delaware, where we lived in New Hampshire. They had the trebuchet category winner, like undefeated, almost hard to compete with winner. I believe they could launch pumpkins almost a mile uh, with their trebuchet. And they have all these different categories and things like that. Pumpkin chunking. I love that holiday. Starts today, the third through the fifth. And then uh, a couple other things happening. Of course, uh, the first was All Saints Day. The second, All Souls Day and Cookie Monster Day. Uh, National Deviled Eggs Day. Uh, National Make uh, Men Make Dinner. I don't know if any of you guys participated in that or not. Today, the third, Cliche Day. Uh, Jellyfish Day. Love Your Lawyer Day. There you go. Shout out to all the lawyers that are listening to the show. Like Ray, one of my favorite lawyers, by the way. Uh, let's see here. National Medical Science Liaison Awareness and Appreciation Day is today. And National Sandwich Day. Tomorrow, Book Lovers Day. Digital Scrapbooking Day. King Tut Day is tomorrow. Very interesting. National Candy Day. 
Uh, let's see. Pumpkin Destruction Day. Sadie Hawkins Day. Sausage and Kraut Day. And Use Your Common Sense Day. Sunday. Daylight Savings Times ends. Daylight Savings Time ends on Sunday. That doesn't really affect us here other than in your communication with people in the States. That got me in trouble last year with the uh, uh, turning in of some college projects that were due on Sunday afternoons, and I got off by an hour and turned in things late. Let's see. The 6th is Fill Our Staplers Day. It's also Healthy Eating Day and Nachos Day, all on the same day. Who would have thought? National Healthy Eating Day, or if you're boycotting that, National Nachos Day. The 7th, Election Day, Employee Brotherhood Day. Hug a Bear Day, a stuffed bear that is. Bittersweet Chocolate with Almonds Day. And uh, Notary Public Day. The 8th, uh, let's see here, Abet and Aid Punsters Day. We've talked about this in the past. And if you know someone that is really into puns for humor, uh, you should talk to them about that and maybe get them some counseling. Uh, let's see, Cook Something Bold and Pungent Day. I was just talking to one of my coworkers about this. Lawrence's wife, she likes bold and pungent food, and she likes to eat it in our office area. So we got her a special can of Lysol just for her bold and pungent food, and on the 8th, she can actually celebrate that day. Dunce Day, Tongue Twister Day, uh, National Cappuccino Day is on the 8th, National Parents and Teachers Day, and I think we actually have a parent-teacher conference that day here at Harvest. Walk to Work Day, and X-Ray Day, to name a few. So a lot of things happening uh, on those days. Now, I have a special guest in the studio. I just want to talk to him for just a minute before we go to the Harvest Highlights segment in the show. But uh, he's no stranger to those who maybe were listening last year around the Christmas holiday time. I think I had him and maybe some of his siblings, uh, his sisters on. But I have Chris Harper's son, Stephen, who Chris Harper is an all-around good guy. I guess that makes Stephen an all-around good boy. Stephen, are you an all-around good boy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Hey, you know what? If you are, you are. So now, Stephen, uh, the reason I wanted to have you on the show today is because I know that you are into photography a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about what camera do you use to take pictures with? Well, I used to use... Um uh, Olympus camera. I can't remember what I can't remember what it was. But that was the brand Olympus. Yeah. Is that a good camera? Yeah, it was a good camera. Yeah. And then now I use uh, what's it called? I can't remember now, but it it's it's a nice camera. Is it a a Fuji? Yeah, it's a Fuji. Fuji film. Yeah. And um, now when you take pictures, do you uh, what kind of what makes you how do you find, I guess, how do you identify what is worth taking a picture of? Like, how do you know? Do you just get a feeling? Are you looking for something specific when you leave the house? You're like, hey, I need to get a picture of a bird or something like that. Or how do you find good things to take a picture of? Well, I just think, would that look cool if it was on like on like a place where you can see pictures? Mm -hmm. Would it look cool or would it look like something... Kind of boring, like, you know, just average. You're looking for something really special. Yeah. What are some of the your favorite things you've taken pictures of? Like, where you're like, wow, that's one of my better pictures. Uh, well, I took a picture at um, the museum that had the words on the wall that also had the statue next to it. Actually, it was the flag, not the statue. I think I got a statue one, too. But yeah. 
Yeah. That sounds cool. Have you gotten any? It was, it was it was actually a double exposure. So really, you could see both of them. That's neat. Uh, now, have you done any nature photography at all, like like landscapes or sunsets or anything like that? Yeah, I took a couple of sunsets and landscapes sometimes, but and the most I've taken a picture of is like sunsets, because my dad has a lot of sunsets too. So I just come out with him and we take sunsets. Sure, pictures. sure. Now, how did you get into taking pictures? Like, how did you get into photography? Well. Just because I wanted to come out with my dad, and then just uh, just uh, wouldn't it would get kind of boring, so I would want to bring the camera so it wasn't as boring, and then I just kept bringing it. And it was actually kind of fun. Yeah, great. Now, are you are you trying to take three hundred and sixty pictures or three hundred sixty five pictures, or are you just taking when you can? You're just taking good pictures. Are you in the same thing your dad's doing? No. But I think maybe next year I'll do one every week. Okay, great. So you get 52 good pictures in one year? Yeah. Uh, so wh- how do you save your pictures? Like, do you have a hard drive or a thumb drive? Where do you put these pictures when you're done with them? Uh, on my dad's computer. Okay. Have you printed any of them at all? No, we haven't. Okay. I'd like to see the uh, double exposure museum one. That sounds like a really cool uh, one. Well, my dad has uh, some photos that he posts on Facebook, and mm-hmm. there's like a... Um, like a album yeah. that's my pictures. Really? That's in that. So that's if I go to your dad's Facebook, I can see your album of some of your best pictures. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Well, are you going to take any pictures this weekend, you think? Yeah, I think so. All right. Have you got any ideas for things that you, you're planning to take pictures of in the future? Like places that I like to hike to, mm-hmm. which I um, do a lot on the weekends. So like beaches and hikes, as in nature hikes. Yeah, like on trails and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Now, is it hard to carry your equipment and things uh, no, when you're going it, on hikes? No, it's, it's just one camera and like a camera bag. So Okay, okay. The camera bag helps me carry it. Yeah. Anyway. Now, for our listeners, they might not... Uh, by hearing your voice, they might have a hard time telling how old you are. How old are you? I'm nine. You're nine, and you've been doing photography. This year is really your first year yeah. of it's really like getting into it. It was things that I like started in, like, I think it was August that I started, like the a little bit before the beginning of the school year. Okay, so just the last few months, really. Yeah. Neat. Well, you think you'll continue? Is, is uh, this going to be your hobby of choice for the future? You really like photography? a couple of things that I like a little bit better, but yeah, maybe I can be that and. Yeah, sure. absolutely. It sounds totally compatible. What are some of those other hobbies you like? I like soccer, and I like fixing things, mm-hmm. and those are pretty good hobbies, and it sounds like you like hiking. Yeah, that too. Uh, do you like swimming? Yes, I okay. do. I do like, I mean, like, I'm trying to be doing this thing. Where I do like a couple of stretches every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, man, Stephen, you have a you have a full life. I, that is really great interview. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to seeing the pictures in the album. Uh, some of those best pictures. If you ever have any really good, cool ones, have your dad message those to me, and I'll we'll send them out to like all the listening audience. Okay. All right, awesome. And, oh, and then when uh, the Christmas music comes back on, we'll have you and your sisters back up here again, and maybe we'll talk about Christmas time, all right? 
Okay. All right. That is Stephen. Uh, Stephen is Chris Harper's son and uh, amateur photographer, among other things. So it was great to have him on the air today talking about some of his photograph uh, adventures, I guess you could say. So we're going to take a short break, a little Harvest Highlights, then we'll be back with more Live Till 5. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Episode 238 on this Friday, November 3rd, 3.20 p.m. here in the KHMG studios. More Live Till 5 after this short break. And we're back with a little more live till 5 on the sunny side of Friday afternoon at 3.26 p.m. Friday, November 3rd here at KHMG. Want to mention the coloring contest. Now, that might not seem like a big deal to some of you listeners, like if you're 13 and you're just way too mature. But if you're 10 to 12, 7 to 9, or 4 to 6, this is a big deal. Because if you win first place, you get a $30 gift card and a gift. So you can buy a bunch of gifts and you get a gift. So that sounds like a re-gifting opportunity to me. Second place, $20 gift certificate and a gift. And then third place, $10 gift certificate and gift. The age groups, 4 to 6, 7 to 9, 10 to 12 year old at the Faith Bookstore. And the contest has already begun. You can go by and get a coloring sheet, a Thanksgiving coloring sheet. Have your your child of choice. Now, I guess your child of choice. I mean, it's whoever you give the coloring sheet to. They can fill it out and color it their very best. They'll display it until Thanksgiving. Then the day after Thanksgiving, they're going to announce the winners. And I think on that day after Thanksgiving, I'm going to try and have Jason Moyer back up here to talk about the winners and also talk about what's coming up for the Christmas season down there. And uh, a bunch of nice people down there at Faith Bookstore. They're open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. They're located right at the corner of Marine Corps Drive and Route 8, right at the bottom of the hill, uh, on the right-hand side as you're coming down the hill. So basically the way we describe it is if you were to kick a soccer ball from the mobile McDonald's out on Route 8, it would eventually roll down to Faith Bookstore, almost right to it. So it's right on the right-hand side as you get down there to the bottom of the hill. So wanted to mention that. Good folks over there, and uh, we want to definitely encourage people to participate in that. It's a, it's a free little contest for kids and a lot of fun for them. And if your kids like to color or if you're just looking for something for them to do, it's a great way to uh, fill their time. I want to mention something. Speaking of uh, Christian books, I have I get some different Christian periodicals, and I honestly, and uh, Chris might be able to speak to this too because he's he's been in the biz of uh, communi- Christian communication for a long time. And Sebastian, you're welcome to jump in on this too. But a lot of Christian periodicals really aren't, uh, just for me personally, I don't enjoy them that much. Like uh, World Magazine would be a glaring exception. I really do like the way they write. I like yeah. they're, for the most part, able to kind of 
be objective. I mean, everyone has a bias. They're able to give a biblical worldview. Um, I think Answers Magazine from Answers in Genesis is also very good. A few others, some online periodicals and things like that, online media. But um, some of the Christian periodicals are almost worthless I, to me as my own personal edification. Um, this one here from Lifeway uh, Magazines, which Lifeway is a Christian publishing arm of the Southern Baptist Convention, I believe. So they used to have a whole series of bookstores all across America. I think they're closing their bookstores and they're doing everything online now. They do have some very good material out there and they do a lot of research. I think Tom Rayner, I think that's his main thing is Lifeway Research is, is the branch of it that he's in charge of. But they do put out some good stuff here. Yeah, this is their Facts and Trends Fall 2017 uh, magazine periodical here. And I thought this was just very interesting. Um, few Americans qualify as Bible-minded. And it says most Americans have a few Bibles at home, but only about one in four qualify as quote-unquote Bible-minded, according to a study from the American Bible Society. The study focused on the nation's top 100 media markets, determined Bible-mindedness by asking respondents how often they read the Bible and their beliefs about its accuracy. So kind of a two-fold thing there from the American Bible Society. Very interesting answer. So we'll start with the least out of the top 100. The least, Albany, Schenectady, and Troy, New York, would rank at 100, bottom of the list. Boston, Massachusetts, and Manchester, New Hampshire, right above that. Providence, Rhode Island, and New Bedford, Mass., Cedar Rapids, and Waterloo, Iowa, and then Buffalo, New York. You notice four of those five are all in the northeast uh, New England, New York area. The top five most Bible-minded cities, number five, Shreveport, Louisiana, number four, Tri-Cities, Tennessee, number three, Roanoke and Lynchburg, Virginia, number two, Birmingham, Anniston, Alabama, and number one, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Very interesting. And uh, I know some of our listeners are from all around the world, and maybe you're from one of those areas, and you can attest to that. I know that um, it's really hard to get uh, Christian ministries started in some of those areas. I know people that literally live their whole lives just trying to get churches started in some of these areas, like Boston, Massachusetts, for example. It's really a tough area. Uh, we lived in New Hampshire for two years. It's a tough area for evangelism. It's not impossible. I mean, God's Word is powerful, and it's just uh, an area where I think they refer to it, some of that area is the burned-over district where there were great revivals 150 years ago, 200 years ago, and then over time, um, modernism, secularism came in through the academic portals of of the Ivy League schools and things like that, and then they kind of crowded God right out of the education, and then now you have uh, you have a lot of mainline denominations up there, but you have a lot of liberalism and uh, theological, you know, just, uh, what would you, I don't even know how you could say it, like exactly what it says here. They're not very Bible-minded, and so uh, it's a great ministry opportunity, great mission field. So anyway, have you guys ever, in Alaska, Chris, would you say people there are very Bible-minded in the areas you were at? I would say Yes. Yeah, it's a, it tends to be a very, very conservative area. Um, and so it's socially conservative, culturally conservative, 
um, politically conservative. There's a lot of ways, different ways to be conservative. I know Wasilla is. Yeah. I mean, uh, former vice presidential candidate was a conservative. Yeah, but that's political conservative. Political conservative, yeah. That's yeah. The political realm. And conservative has a, a strange meaning these days. Yes, you never yes, know true, what you're talking about. True. But um, but yeah, I would say people are fairly Bible-minded there. There's a lot of churches. And Alaska in general has more of a small-town feel to it. And so people tend to be involved with churches of some sort because it's a very it's tight-knit community. Now, if you go to Anchorage, which is the, the biggest city in Alaska, you're going to find you know, that that's slightly or somewhat different. But I come from the Northwest, and the Northwest always ranks highest for one of the most unchurched places in the country. Now, I don't know, uh, obviously you have Bible knowledge as part of it, but a lot of the people I grew up around, not only are they not Bible knowledgeable, but when you talk to them about uh, religion, their religion is, what are you talking about? You know, they, they they not only have no Bible knowledge, they have no history in their entire family of ever being religious in any way whatsoever. So um, I'm a little surprised that somewhere like Seattle, Tacoma, Olympia, Bremerton, you know, that they didn't Bellingham, make them make didn't the, make list. the yeah. list. Sure, because sure. if you if you survey nine out of ten people on the street in a place like Seattle, uh, nine out of ten people have. No religious affiliation of any sort whatsoever. Nothing. Yeah. And and their parents didn't, and their parents' parents didn't in a lot of cases. Right. So um, I'm so a they're little culturally surprised. non-religious. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Culturally non-religious. Yeah. The thing about that is there does allow some openness there to mm-hmm. the gospel. Sure. And so what we found is um, some people we've known over the years that have gone to plant churches there and things, there is some openness there to scriptural principles especially if there's um you know some authentic uh christianity behind it which is always the case you know for if you're going to plant a church or something but but uh people in the northwest tend to uh, put a high value on authenticity and which is why they're they are um, i think what they would say on a survey is they're they tend to be skeptical of what they call organized religion. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't know if they even know what that means, but it's basically they're looking at it from a long view. They're like, well, those people over there somewhere, I don't actually know any of those people, but those people over there mm-hmm. are hypocrites type of a deal. Yeah. But authenticity is highly valued. So um, when, there's, when that is in play mm-hmm. in a place like that in the Northwest, I'm sure that, that we've experienced the same thing in and having traveled all over um, New England, mm-hmm. there's a similar sort of a dynamic there, except that there's a lot of churches there. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah we we lived um, near a place called Peterborough, New Hampshire, yeah. and they had a road, and someone told me they called it the Highway to Heaven because they had all these beautiful stone church buildings um, they had an Anglican church on one side of the street and an Episcopalian church on the other side of the street. Right. And that's basically the same denomination. They had United Methodist, United Church, uh, UCC Church. They had Lutheran, and they're all lined up next to each other. Yet uh, the area itself, there was not much 
in the way of biblical Christianity. There was a lot of religious affiliation, you know, tradition of, hey, we go for these events and married and buried there. But other than that, and because it went back, you know, you had gravestones there that had the 1700s written on them. Is yeah. is it was amazing historically, but very sad that uh, the gospel m- maybe had once been there stronger, and now there's a need for people to take the gospel back into those areas. I mean, not to be afraid of it, but to go back in with the gospel. That tend doesn't that tend to be the case when you have a place take a place like Britain, you know, if you take a different country. Um, a place where the gospel has been strong and then it's tended to trail off and now people are living sort of a religious lifestyle, but it's not a Christ-centered, biblical Christianity. Uh, People tend to not be open to the gospel in those areas. Now, people who don't know anything about a history of Christianity tend to be open to that, but it's something about inauthentic religiosity that tends to harden people yep. toward yep. the message of the gospel. At least it seems that way to me. Yep. That's been the experience I've had. Yeah. So. You know, they have a knowledge, somewhat of a knowledge of God, but they deny the power of it. They just don't right. have it affecting their life. And so, and Guam can be that way at times. I mean, you know, when you're talking to people, they have a religious affiliation in their background, but they might not have... Right. A relationship with Jesus Christ. So, yep. you know, that's that's the challenge of believers, though, is to get out there and to make sure that they are uh, talking to people about Christ and that they're that they're evangelizing people and and not assuming that that uh, people know, but just as God brings people across your path, asking the Lord, okay, Lord, is is there someone here I need to talk to about uh, talk to with about you? And uh, that's one of the reasons why. You know, one of the easiest ways is invite people to church, for example. You know, if you, of course, the church must be preaching the gospel, and that is not the only way. You know, a verbal discussion with someone is is sometimes the most effective thing you can do. Sometimes it's through your actions first, and that builds the bridge. I heard uh, Ravi Zacharias say, build the bridge and then carry the load across, and I I've, that's really stuck with me as a something. If, if you really want to minister to someone— uh, you do need to build a bridge so you can give them the gospel. And uh, oftentimes, you know, just driving by and, you know, yelling out the window something at them, that's that's not going to bring them to repentance, you know. So anyway, it's it's a, it's a it's an important topic for us because it it goes right at the heart of even what we do here at KHMG as Harvest Family Radio. I mean, we're we're broadcasting the gospel through music and message 24 hours a day, seven days a week for a reason because we believe that it's part of our mission. Uh, it's not just a market that we're trying to hit. It's not just a niche because no one else is doing it. And, you know, it's there's good money in it. Uh, obviously, there's not. Uh, it is about our mission to take the gospel to people. That's that's why we do it, right? So, Sebastian. Yes. Where are, where are the different places you've lived? Well, I've lived in Texas, and I've lived in Illinois. Yes. And, and Wisconsin. W- and, and Wisconsin, well, okay. yes. And then it's South Carolina then too. Yes. Yeah. And then Guam and yeah. And, and so now um, <laughs> come on, man. So we're we're I know we're, counted. Were you the the when you were growing up in the you know, particularly Texas and Illinois, was your family uh religious at all? Were you around religious people that much? Well, I was told that, you know, my my 
my dad had read, you know, Bible stories to me, but uh, him knowing the Bible is not really a, he probably, he doesn't know the Bible. I think it was more of like a kid's Bible stories he sure, picked up sure. happened to be. And, um, but I, I really don't know. Um, but, you know, in, in Illinois, that's where I mainly lived. And, uh, you know, there was the same thing where you'd have like a lot of, it was small, small town feel, you know, um, but the bigger cities kind of had the influence on them all on all those small towns right. and uh yeah that you know with the school systems now you know basically the school system there in that town ha- has a lot of influence you know because that's where all the games go that's like the entertainment because if it's a small town like anything that's happening is going to be going on at that school you know you're that's what's bringing other people in from other sit- cities or towns and coming out and they kind of have that influence so and and with where i went you know it was obviously public school so it's like just pushing you know evolution and so really with that being the case no one really cared about the bible uh when i was growing up and but there was churches established before that that were you know just religious symbols you know religious like you were saying cultural traditional kind of churches uh uh and yeah so i never really heard the bible i i i went to a village like 15 miles away to get to a bible preaching church wow wow well america needs the gospel the whole world needs the gospel and uh god's calling people all around to be part of that mission we're going to take a short break when we come back i think lawrence is going to be joining us up here and uh hopefully we'll be getting some refreshments from the hub as well so we can play a little what's in my coffee listening audience thank you for staying tuned my name is jared baldwin this episode 238 friday november 3rd 3.42 p.m. here on Live Till 5 here at KHMG Harvest Family Radio. Stick around more Live Till 5 after this short break. with a little more live till 5. It's 3.47 p.m. on this Friday, November 3rd. Hard to believe it's already November, right? I mean, we are only three weeks away from Christmas music. Now, I just heard today some people are already listening to Christmas music, but the day after Thanksgiving's traditionally when we start up the Christmas music around here, and uh, then we have Festival of Lights the week after that, and then bye-bye 2017. I mean, it's going by very quickly. And it's been a great year so far. we still got, you know, uh, what would that be? So two twelfths, one-sixth of the year ahead of us still. So we, we're, we're not giving up on 2017 just yet. But we're enjoying being here with you on the air. Again, if you ever want to listen to the show after the fact, like you want to listen to the podcast version, you can go to khmg.org. That's our website for our radio station. And it's not just... A radio station here. This is an entire media ministry, so we're able to put out a lot of different things. We produce a lot of different programming. We release it in a, in a number of different ways, different formats. If you go to our website, you'll see what I mean. 
Live Till 5 is probably the least uh, important podcast that we produce. It's fun, and, and I'm not saying it doesn't have a value because we get a lot of good feedback from people that listen and, and they enjoy it, and it, it's a highlight for them on their Fridays. But we have some serious preaching and ministry programs and uh, I'm gonna uh, turn up Chris's mic just in case I forget one. But let me let me see if I can remember. Building great leaders with Dr. Les Olala. That's always easy to remember. Yes. Then we also have produced in the past and still air uh, living redemptively with Dr. Douglas McLaughlin. Right. Uh, and then we have Harvest Echoes, which right. are old, older messages that have been preached here. Primarily not our own pastors, but guest speakers that have come here. This is great content. Yeah. But if we don't put it out there, you might never get to hear this message. And so, unless yeah. you were here at that time, it's currently in production. Yes. Basically. Yeah. And then you have, uh, of course, uh, Harvest Time, which is a, kind of an interview program that we do. Uh, Pastor Heron usually is the host, and every week, and yep. we do that. Um, and then we have uh, Heart of Harvest, which is. Primarily our own pastoral staff, and really p- primarily Pastor Marty Heron's preaching from the pulpit here at Harvest Baptist Church. And then we also repackage that for Asia to broadcast through Transworld Radio, Heart of Harvest Asia. Yep. And then we have... Um, Carson Fremont. Carson Fremont's program. Yep. yep. And that's morning. that's a that's a great little devotional program where he literally mm-hmm. just talks through his his vast knowledge of the Word and application of it. And... Uh, and then we have um, Take Note. Yes. You, you do that. Note, There's yeah, a podcast of Take Note, right? So you can listen to it I do highlights because highlights. I, can't, I can't provide a download of the music that's Got in it. the program. Got it. Okay. But I do highlights. Do you like so a shorter I, version? Um, the, the most I would ever do is like the last one I did was from a few days ago. It was about nine minutes long. Okay. So it's just to give you a taste of what the, of what the topic was for the day. And usually it's sort of a a wrap-up of what the topic was for the day. Got so it's it. just recorded live, and then we, you know, I'm doing a live show, and then we record a little chunk of it and put it on the podcast feed. All right. So, Are there any other that. podcasts I might have forgot there? I think I named about nine, just, uh, eight or just nine. Just live there. till five. And then live and till then, five, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then there's the live show that we do every day, the Take Note, but, there, but that, I mean, we mentioned that, but yes. that's a two-hour show. So every afternoon. Yeah, every afternoon. Um, the only other thing I do is sometimes I'll take um, a either a um, a sermon that I presented during Take Note and put that on the, the podcast, or I'll take an interview I did, like I did a recent interview with uh, Pastor Joe Henson, and I got to give him back for a different topic. But basically, he took a, a series that he did in Sunday school or in Adult Bible Fellowship at church, and we did an interview talking about that. So uh, it's like special stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Now, do we do? Uh, do you do a podcast of the Harvest Highlights as well? I do. What I do is I put on the school website just the Student of the Week interviews. Got it, because that's what because parents really want to hear. That's you all know. they want. Five they years want from now, they might not want to hear that it's spaghetti and meatballs on Friday, but they do still want to yeah. hear cute little, you know, Johnny's yeah. voice on the air. And we don't do spaghetti and meatballs on Friday. Okay, all right, okay. No, what I mean by that is... Um, we used to a long time ago. Well, yeah, what, what we try to do with Harvest Highlights is to make it applicable to anybody who might be listening, not just school parents. Got it. And and uh, school parents still love it. I get school parents tell me Certainly. all the time they're listening to it. But we want to make sure that it can be events that anyone driving around the streets of Guam or... 
or anywhere could could listen to. So great, yeah, hard excellent, highlights. excellent. Well, and all that can be found on khmg.org, which is uh, a resource if you're looking for some some good podcasts to download. You want to listen to the live stream of this. Uh, radio station so you don't have to have a a radio at your desk anymore you don't have to worry about whether or not your concrete building is going to create you know going to block your signal you can get a beautiful stereo signal through any internet connection there are a number of free apps you can download as well you can listen to fm radio uh, a number of different ways tune in is one of many um but uh we we're we have links to to yeah. all those things also on our website. And I there's some that 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 send traffic to our website regularly that I had never heard of that either uh, link people to our podcasts or link people to our live stream and it's amazing sometimes there's even a Korean one that I see quite regularly pop up that Really? Yeah, that that people wind up on our website from that. I think they do searches on it so it's wild how people wind up consuming your com- content if it's online. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and w- and that's why we put it out there because we believe that there's uh, a need for it, and there's a lot of good Bible preaching and teaching out there on the internet. However, the one thing that is a benefit, maybe to you as a listener, why go through khmg.org for some of this content at least is, you know that theologically we are going to check through and really vet anything we put out with our if we're putting it out we don't put a disclaimer on it before we put it out we we have already vetted it it would only be something we would preach in our own church service it it has to fit our theology and philosophy of ministry here and so we're very particular in that respect and although there are a lot of other good preaching programs out there i mean there there just are but we just are always extremely careful to make sure anything we put out through our radio ministry is consistent with the rest of our ministry. And uh, th- I think that gives a certain amount of uh, peace to people that are listening. They never have to worry about whether or not they can believe it. I mean, they still need to check it out for themselves and open the Word. But Of course. And I, well, any anybody who's going to be a Bible teacher that you should listen to is always going to say, hey, check the Word of God for yourself. They're always going to say that. The other thing that I think about it is, though, there's something to be said for us at your local Christian radio station, your and local church and local ministry having their hands on that programming. There's, you know, most of that comes from people that are friend, like Dr. Doug McLaughlin, uh, Dr. Uh, Les Olala. Those are friends of Harvest, right? Absolutely, those are like our guys, you know. And then the other shows, anybody who we've invited here, I mean, those are like. There's Guam connection all right. over it. It's right. not just, you know, we recorded a bunch of preachers from the states. Right. I mean, these are people who have been invested in the ministry here. So there's something to be, I think there's something to be said about that. Yeah. Not only have we produced it here, but it's also, those are people that, that hey, if they've had a connection with Guam in some way or the other, even if they just took one trip out here, they've seen it, they, they've, they get it, they've, they've been here. So yeah, I, they're looking I in the faces that. of people that live here as right. they're preaching it, and that that makes a big difference. There's yeah. a certain amount of accountability and accessibility that goes with that. You you hear a message by evangelist Mark Kittrell, yeah. and then you know you'll hear later on he's speaking at Harvest, you know, sometime in the future, and you get to actually meet him and interact sure. with him and hear him preach again. And so, and we all have our favorite 
styles of preaching and our you know certain people at certain times of our lives they 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 share something from the word that that hits us in a way that God really uses at that time but uh really not only second Timothy 3:16 says all scripture is given by inspiration of God but it's profitable and it's profitable for a lot of different things and and I believe that the preaching programming of Harvest Family Radio is profitable because it is word centered it's not just a bunch of self-help or, or um, you know, just just chicken soup for the soul type messages. I mean, these are all Bible-based preaching programs, and so it's totally worth it. So that's just yeah. kind of a, a little plug for our own radio station, since everyone listening to me right now is listening to our radio station. Uh, if you've only listened to Live Till 5, you've really missed the best of what <laughs> our radio station has, because the best of what we offer is really through our preaching and music and all of those uh, little programs that we're able to offer through our radio station. So one of my favorite programs is we wrap up this hour, and then in the second hour we're going to have uh, Lawrence up here. We're going to have Sebastian, Chris. We're going to enjoy some drinks from the hub. We're going to talk about fun stuff. But as one final last plug, one of the best programs you'll ever hear on Christian radio is a program called Unshackled, Stories That Make You Think and where people's hearts and minds and lives are unshackled. And it's basically people's BC stories, you know, before Christ, what were they like? And some of them are extremely captivating, and some of them are tragic, uh, and yet how Christ transforms and changes them. And it's, it's called unshackled, because to be shackled means to be chained or captive to something, and to be unshackled means to be freed from that. The little short version of Unshackled is called Free Indeed, and then the longer version is uh, called Unshackled, and we uh, air Unshackled uh, daily, multiple times a day, different versions, the the Free Indeed and the Unshackled program, but if you have never listened to a full day of programming, I encourage you, just turn on KHMG while you're sitting at your desk or at home or in the car, and just listen as you're going about your normal life. We'd love to uh, encourage you through what we're able to do with our ministry in music and in preaching here at Harvest Family Radio. so It's at uh, 12.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m., 8.30 p.m. That's awesome. when Unshackled is here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's great. Well, Chris, thank you very much. We're going to take a short break for the news since it is the top of the hour. And when we come back, we're going to have a lot of fun, some lighthearted stuff in the second hour. You're listening to Live Till 5 here on KHMG, 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Friday, November 3rd, 4 p.m. Stick around for a second hour of Live Till 5 after the news. with the second hour of Live Till 5. It's 4.04 p.m. on this Friday, November 11th, here at the KHMG Studios, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. I was listening to a talk radio program the other day. Chris Chris Harper's here with me, all-around good guy, station manager, and he, is been, he has been in the biz longer than anyone I know yeah. that's currently here. I know one person's been in maybe slightly longer, but... Uh, We'll, we'll just bring everyone in on this conversation, but I heard someone else 
do the type of intro because I do that kind of in a satiric way, right? Like I'm, I'm exaggerating when I say broadcasting from the top of Harvest Family Radio, high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters. Yes, I'm imitating, but I've done it so long I can't remember who I was imitating. And then I was listening to a talk radio something the other day, and I realized it's a, it's a popular talk radio intro. Yes, I mean, and and it's probably more than one talk radio it's place. reminiscent of one particular yes. personality right yeah, yeah yeah which is the original talk radio that i ever heard i, yes. I had been stationed in japan 1994 i moved back to the states and there was this talk radio program that was on right. for three hours every afternoon or whatever two hours every afternoon and i was like wow he invented talk radio yes if you want to yeah too. i mean i mean well let's put it this way he was the only one who ever uh Profited at it. Yes. Basically. Right. Is the, right. Is the bottom Most line. people look to him as the granddaddy. And so right. that being said, that affected my my little satirical, uh, my little kind of play on yeah. hyping up the beginning of the show. But anyway, so I kind of, w- I've been doing that so long, 238 episodes. I've been doing that probably for at least 150, 200. And I just couldn't remember where I'd gotten that from. I don't really talk like that. I don't think that's really a great way to like run your radio program. It's kind of a, a little bit of an inside joke there. But yeah. we do have in studio not only Chris Harper, our wrong good guy, but Sebastian Basil Dua, who was only about 14. 13. 15. Yeah. 15. Four, well, you're, no, you're, you're 14 uh, and days and 20 hours away from being a thoroughly married man. Wow. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. So, hey, I, I pay attention to the details. <laughs> And then uh, we have, of course, Lawrence Nangast, who is our resident history professor. How are you doing, Lawrence? Pretty good. Pretty full day today, but uh, it was uh, pretty rewarding uh, to see a lot of the kids. I'll, I'll explain some things about our afternoon a little awesome. bit awesome. Uh, later, but it was yeah. a good day. All right. And then uh, Joe Sarney. Joe Sarney, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Okay. I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm not sure how I'm doing. Can, can you guys hear him talk? No. Say, Joe, say that again. No, 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 it's not coming on. Hold on. Hold on. Stand by. I'm going to have Chris work on your microphone here real quick and make sure that we got you up. Uh, but is it I turned on. So Joe Sarney is yeah. here in studio and he is a great guy. And I hope you guys can hear him because he's really awesome to listen to. He's got a great voice. He's he's really a he's he's just a master communicator. And uh, I'll comment. Yeah. He is a good guy to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. has a really cool voice. Oh, oh I, I hear something. Go. There we go. Chris, we got it. We got it. it was just We're good. We we switched we switched out there. So there Rookie you go. Mistake. So Joe Sarney. Lawrence, you should work A V. He's yeah. he's a uh, oh boy. <laughs> he, that was my tryout, huh? <laughs> yep, it was I a test. Think, I had to I had to troubleshoot what our do you radio. Do on Sundays, well, Sunday mornings. Hmm. I also did something underneath the console that oh, it was at it the was same some, time. It was some solid it was teamwork. Underneath the console, somehow the mixer that's under there for the additional mic was unplugged. Oh. It so, might be because I use that mixer as a foot footrest most of the time. That's I, well, yeah. And that, <laughs> yep, that could be it. Could be, could be. I mean, these big size thirteen sometimes might be pushing some of those faders and disconnecting cables. But hey, Joe Sarney, we coerced you to come in today. Uh, your computer's rebooting anyway. Uh, why don't you tell our listening audience what is your role at Harvest? Sure. So at Harvest, I work in video production. So I am responsible for. Uh, all the promo promotion. Oh, I came and talk promotions that Harvest does um, in video form. So uh, on the website, on 
social media. Um, that's my responsibilities. And then also uh, I record and live stream the Sunday morning services. Excellent. With and it helps out with a ton of other stuff, too. Yeah. 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 And he's, he's like part of the communications team. That's right. You know? That's right. He's, he's a real amigo. He's Joe Sarney, the real <laughs> amigo. amigo. Yep. <laughs> we, now, we, now we have your, now we have your, your yep. moniker. You're a real amigo. Real amigo. There you go. Well, you know what? Uh, because we're all here and because we enjoy this, this part of the show so much, why don't we just go ahead and... Oh, wait. Wrong? Wrong? Oh, wait. I saw I the Lone Ranger playing. for the quiz. There you go. Here we go. This segment is brought to us by The Hub, Hebrews Worldwide Coffee Shop and Bookstore, the best little coffee shop on Guam, offering an endless variety of coffees, teas, baked goods, Christian music, books, gifts, a couple Yankee candles still down there, especially those uh, auto-scent uh, uh, ones. I like it a lot, The Hub. I go there every day, sometimes multiple times a day. Sometimes I never even leave. So let's play a little What's in My Coffee. Uh, three of us have drinks. One of us has a cookie. So, uh, Joe, oh, drink. wait, you brought you brought some of your own coffee. I in. brought Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, uh, because you're from New England. from New Hampshire. There you go. Is it just blend. regular regular Dunkin' yeah. Donuts? original oh, yeah. blend Dunkin' yeah. Donuts. Do you like Dunkin' Dark? Yeah, that's yeah. good, too. I like that, but too. I, I just like, like the too. original roast. Yep. When you walk into Dunkin' Donuts, there's a certain language you have to know. Uh, when I first moved to New Hampshire, I walked in, and I, I looked at all the options, and I was with my friends. We were heading up to uh, the wilds of New England. Oh, yeah. We pulled off at one of the 73 Dunkin' Donuts in their <laughs> little area. And I walked in, and I saw they had blueberry in this. I said, um, I'll just take a regular blueberry with Splenda. And the lady looked at me like, what? I said, um, I'll take a regular. She says, okay. And then my New England friend said, okay, regular Dunkin' Donuts is like two creams, two sugars, basically. It's like. So, okay, so you can't say that. And then I think I'd ask for decaf, too, so I totally confused them. So Dunkin' Donuts is really good coffee, and it is on every street corner in New England. Yeah, so I read a statistic. For every one McDonald's in New England, there's a Dunkin' Donuts around. There's like uh, three Dunkin' Donuts within a four-mile radius of that McDonald's on average. Wow. wow. So. I noticed in, uh, when I lived in the Nashua area, they would have them on both sides of the street so that people wouldn't have to cross traffic to be able to pull in and get their donuts in the morning. That's right. <laughs> um, and surprisingly, New Hampshire is not one of the most obese states. You would think they would be with so many donuts available. Mm-hmm. I know it didn't help me at all while I was there. It's because we run on Yes, uh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so now he's drinking Dunkin' Donuts coffee, which you can't get that at the Hub. But he's also going to eat a cookie while we're all tasting our drinks. He's going to eat a cookie, and he's going to give us his honest opinion about how it tastes, and he's going to describe it in a way that will make our listening audience want to go and buy five of them. So let's start with uh, Sebastian, because he looks the most tired today. You're drinking a, an icy cold drink. Sebastian, what does it taste like? What does it look like? Well, it kind of tastes like a calamansi strawberry, mm. I think. Yeah, so, and it looks like a, a, a plastic cup. What's, what's calamansi? Um, well, it's definitely not something that grows in a bush. I know that for sure. <laughs> and it, what's strawberry then? Strawberry. I'm just messing with you. Yeah, yeah. you're calamansi. It's a type of lime, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just just in case we had I a, only, a new I listener. only ever heard of calamansi once I came here to Guam. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a small lemon or lime. It's I kind of spilled some of it, but um, I didn't really tell anyone. Okay. Because it was a lot. But it okay. Only, it only went on my pants. So okay. okay. That's fine. Hey, and don't stand on my account. <laughs> so, okay. And it's a fizzy. Is it a fizzy drink? No, it's not fizzy. It's, it's not awesome. fizzy. Okay. All Just right. Strong. And, uh, okay. Someone listening yeah. is like, strong, are you okay? Strong, yeah. Okay. Well, He's great. getting a bit starry-eyed here this afternoon, yeah, and I'm right. hoping the sugar that's kicks right. in soon. Yep, yep. He'll he'll survive till the end of the segment at least. So ah, yes, now, yes, Lawrence, yes. W- what are you drinking there? Uh, well, the, it, Lawrence. By the way, Joe, Lawrence is the drink whisperer. He can he can from ten feet away <laughs> determine feet away. the particles within your cup with that with the lid still on it, sealed up tight, and be able to tell you what the drink is, who made it, where the cup was made. And what direction it was stirred, like clockwise, counterclockwise. Yeah. Okay. And so, so what is yours? What what drink do you have there, Lawrence? Well, you guys do say things about your drink. I'm not. I don't. Just we we give away tells. Me. We have tells. Yeah. Um. Honestly, this one's an ice drink. Uh. Definitely has coffee in it. Glad you're honest about it. Yeah. It's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. And um. And really, I think it's an ice vid- a vanilla latte. I, I think is what it is. A little bit of coffee, some cream. And uh, a couple shots of vanilla, and uh, so it's really good. It's it's a good drink when you're not wanting a hot drink, but need a little bit of a caffeine kick. Mm-hmm. And it's not too sweet, you know. Some of those drinks yeah. down there, yeah. you can get a black and white, and it can be loaded with yep. chocolates and and things. And so, uh, and if this that is indeed a vanilla latte, which I totally believe it is, because you said it, uh, no. you can ask for it like with half, like with one you less can. pump. Or I usually ask for half. Like I this morning, I got a double shot latte. With uh, half the vanilla yep. uh, in it, yep. and so that's it's double about right. Double espresso, half the syrup. Half the syrup. Okay. okay. All right, yeah. Chris, what do you have there? I haven't even taken a drink yet. I should do that. I've been messing with microphones. Yes, I know we that. Informed by listeners that things are uncharacteristically problematic. Okay. No problem. So that's why I was fixing that. All right. So great. let me take a drink. Take a of sip. This. Uh, I'll tell uh, you what, I'll mine. describe mine while you're enjoying you yours. Describe How about yours. that? Go ahead. Okay. So mine uh, is hot. It's in a paper cup with a black plastic lid with a little hole on top and a little breathing hole in the back. A uh, little sleeve on it says number three and has a little like a JB whale. on it. Usually if it says JB or SF, it means uh, it could be just beautiful, but most likely it is Jared Baldwin's drink and it's sugar free. And I think it has that sugar flea. F- sugar sugar, sugar flea. flea. Sh- I hope one of those is, is in there. It's yeah. a sugar-free flavor. Um, I believe this is a hot, sugar-free vanilla latte. Extra hot. That's that's how I usually get it, is extra hot. Wow. Uh, now, Joe, you're eating a cookie. To me, it looks obvious. I didn't try you have it. to take at least one bite so you can tell yeah. us uh, about it. Tell us about your experience. These cookies are available every day in the hub for a very reasonable price, and they're so big, they're yeah. almost a meal. Uh, what does it taste oh, like, Joe? I'm, I'm not meal. a good salesman, so it's good. Go buy it. There it's you go. It's an M&M cookie. It tastes really nice. Yep. A monster cookie is what they're also known as. Monster yeah. cookie. They're very buttery because if you look on the back, it's got a little butter, bit butter, of a... He's a, also a, a cookie whisperer. It's yes. got a little bit of a grease smear on yes. the plastic, yep. and it yep. just makes you know this is going to be so soft and moist. And these are made by Perisco so Bakery. They are uh, one, of, one of our alumni, Shizuka. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is our she is our local uh, entrepreneur baker. Her and her husband own Perisco. And great yeah. great products coming from there. They also do the macarons and uh, some other things there. So Chris, now you've had a chance to taste your drink. Those are What's called macarons. Like? This what? 
Macarons? Yeah. Macaroon is a different cookie altogether. Yeah. Macaron is what I said. But I macaron. was I was I was told by uh, a lady on our staff that makes them they're called macarons. Mm, She's wrong. I'll have her talk to you about that. <laughs> have later. her, have her, please. Yep. Unless, <laughs> unless it's Jessica, Spreading then she's probably right. Uh-huh. But everyone, <laughs> it's a, it's a macaron. Macaron. Hmm. Macaron. And they're I definitely not macaroons. Those are coconut cookies. Yeah. We we can agree on that, and we can agree to disagree agreeably on the rest of it. Okay. That's I'm fine with that. I'm 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 flexible. Macarons. <laughs> okay, Chris, what's your taste like? Well, it tastes like a coffee. Okay. I mean, just. A black Just coffee. coffee. I mean, I, this might be one of those that you get, what do you call it, an espresso or a, an, Americano Could be an Americano or something of that nature. Um, it's probably not an espresso in that I, size cup. It's a, it, Otherwise, it's just you a wouldn't coffee. sleep for two days. I think yeah. it's just a straight-up coffee, All right, which is great. Huh. You can't go wrong. A black coffee... It's hard to go hard wrong. Yeah, that's right. Unless that. you know, unless it's a you know, it's been sitting on yep. the sitting on the burner all are day you, long. Are you guys something. hot coffee only? Like the minute it's a touch cool, you're done with it. I like it extra hot so that I don't have to drink drink it extra cool. Unless it's a hot americano, it tastes really good even as it cools off. I can't. I can't. I usually get the smaller size because the minute it's not hot hot, I'm done. Have you ever got a drink down there extra hot? That's what they do for me now for all of them. It's like 10 degrees hotter. Well, Keeps your drink hot I can longer. Drink, I can drink it it's right when they give it that. to me. I can drink it right away. Yeah. So as long as I drink it consistently from the yeah. time they give it to me, I'm okay. If it's a specialty drink, let me recommend. Ask Megan to make it extra hot. She'll do. It's like 10 degrees hotter. So when it sits on your desk, it stays hot much longer. Hmm. I mean, significant amount of time longer. So I really like that specialty. Don't spill work. it on your lap. No, no. Then it's extra burny. So, um... Yeah. Chris, you have a Peruvian blend hot coffee. Sebastian, you have a strawberry calamansi. Oh, Lawrence, you have a vanilla latte iced. Joe, you have an M&M cookie, and I have a sugar-free vanilla latte. So we called our own. Well, actually, they didn't give me a piece of paper that says what they are. <laughs> but for our listening so. audience, <laughs> what? We, have to, we have to give them something. They don't want to you be left in suspense. I feel good about myself. You you should feel good about yourself. You're great and fun to be I'm with, and you've got an awesome personality. <laughs> okay, so now, Sebastian, are you ready for your segment of the show? I don't know. The Maybe fans are waiting. The music. You ready? Here we go. We need the music. Quiz time. My favorite time. I actually didn't name this quiz. But it has to deal with Texas. Okay. And I hope you're ready for... Texas are always big? Uh, Yes. Uh, Yes, that's what it was. The title of the quiz was so big, I couldn't fit it on the paper. Joe, have you ever been to to Texas before? I have not. Okay. Sure, Carl in here. Perfect. I'm glad we got him here. Okay. Great. Well, let's see here. One, two, three, four. We have four people here. Chris... Jerry. Joe should go first. If he wins this week, this would be a true testament. Yeah, to let's let theories. Joe answer first on every question. Let's just test this out. Test oh out boy. the theory. Sorry, I'm writing the names. All right, yeah, here we go. Okay. I thought you were just enjoying <laughs> the bumper music. That's fine. I, I like that too. That's yeah. fine. Um, all right, here we go. So we're letting Joe go first? Yes, Joe will always go all first. All right, Joe. Here we go. Okay. I'm going to give a question and then multiple choice. It's the best kind of quiz, all right? 
Here we go. What is the most populous city in Texas? Arlington, Dallas, Houston, or San Antonio? Houston. Final answer. Houston. Uh, how are we going next? Oh, I'll go next. Houston. Houston. Dallas? Dallas. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going go to go with Dallas. Yeah, I'm just trying to Dallas. be different. That's all. Houston at 2.1 million population with Dallas That's only it. at 1.2 million. Okay. Especially since like Hurricane Katrina, they've had a lot so of people move to the area. Joe. Yeah. Huh. Jared. Okay. Okay. Good job, guys. True or false? The Ooh. dome of the Texas State Capitol in Austin is taller than the dome of the U.S. Capitol in Washington. It's got to be right because they won't. True. Or false. I mean, Joe. everything's bigger in Texas, right? True. You think. I would say true also. Yeah, me too. True. Wow. I need one of you to like guess wrong, but <laughs> yeah, you all got it right. So none of you get points. It's a zero. It, it's <laughs> like them to do that. You yes. know what I mean? It feels yep. like Texas. Like, yep. let's make it bigger. Oh, yeah. You know? Yep. Sam Houston was like, guys, mm-hmm. I was just there. <laughs> it needs to be bigger. Oh, yeah. It's actually, <laughs> exactly. se- it's actually seven feet higher. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Of yeah. course. That's it. <laughs> okay. Question three. Which Texas stadium was nicknamed the eighth wonder of the world? The Cowboy Stadium in Arlington, the Daryl K. Royal Texas Stadium, Texas Memorial Stadium in Austin, the Kyle Field in College Station, or Reliant Astrodome in Houston. Uh, I'm just guessing. The Astrodome in Houston? The Astrodome. I would say the Astrodome. The Astrodome. I think it's the Dallas Cowboy one because it's a big one, really big one. Yeah, I'm going to go with that one too. Well, Joe and Jared, you get another point because it is the Astrodome oh. in Houston. Yep. Yes. Didn't Good know. job, guys. Good I say job. that with confidence. <laughs> I had zero confidence. I got lucky. <laughs> You're oh. first. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Whoever goes first, Joe, seems to win every week. Really? So you're actually part of, you're like our little lab rat, (laughs) and this is our little maze, and at the end you get your cheese. Yes. I'm not giving you the cheese. Can it be a cookie instead? (laughs) Or the trap. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next question. From which country did Texas declare independence in 1835? A, France, B, Mexico, C, Spain, or D, United States? You're first, Joe. I know. Can I, can I, can I tap? You, you go first, Chris. No. This time. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You, you go guess. first, Joe. Okay, Mexico, whatever. Mexico. I would say Mexico. 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 I'm going to go with the You're United the history States. teacher now. United States. Well, it actually was Mexico. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Lawrence. Lawrence. He, he threw the towel in. He threw he the towel in so that himself. everyone could get a point. My goal, Sac- my sacrifice goal to run. get points. <laughs> sacrifice run. <laughs> All right. Well, yes, it was October 2nd at the Battle of Gonzalez. Uh, that's where it started. Speaking of which, what slogan was used during the Battle of Gonzalez? You probably wouldn't know this, uh, but... Anyway, I'm gonna, uh, you <laughs> might you might recognize the slogan. Hey, Why would might. you assume? You might yeah. recognize the slogan, and then that's where. Oh, okay, but so. you might. We might not recognize that it's from the Battle of yeah, Gonzales. That, yeah. So the question here, or the answer is: Are come and take it, don't tread on me, freedom isn't free, or six semper tyrannis? Which one of those slogans was used during the Battle of Ty- <laughs> Gonzales? What was the first choice? Come and take it. 
I know Don't Tread on Me. That's that's not it. Yeah. Um, I think that's on your home New state's England flag. Thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's the yeah, snake. It's New England, one of them. Uh, come and take it? I would say come and take it as well. It. Sounds a Texas thing to say. Come and take it. Y'all. I'm going to go <laughs> with Semper, whatever you finished with there. Six Semper Tyrannus. Because Texicans in the 1800s were really good with their Latin. Mm. For sure. <laughs> well, it actually was come and take it. There you go. Congrats, right. Lawrence. I'm sorry. Uh, I, just some, some info with it. The Battle of Gonzales began after Texans re- refused to turn over a cannon to the Mexican army. When Mexican soldiers them. came to collect the cannon, Texan forces inside the fort at Gonzales apparently told them to come and take it. Come and take it. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it comes from. I'm going to start using that phrase a lot. Come and take it. All right. Uh, number six. What TV show chronicles the triumphs and trials of a high school football team in the fictionalized t- town of Dillon, Texas? Austin City Limits, Friday Night Lights, The Game, or Remember the Titans? Remember the Titans? Uh, Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Yeah, it's Friday Night Lights. It is most definitely Friday Night Lights. Good job, everybody. Austin City Limits is a music show on public television. Yeah. Yes. Friday Night Lights was... Where does Remember the Titans take place? Uh, I think that's in Alabama. Georgia or Alabama. But it's an important important lesson. Athens or Sparta. Either Athens or Sparta. (laughs) It's a fictional area in uh, one of the southern states. It's definitely in the south. I can't remember, though. Here we go. This one's for you, Chris. Okay. It's for me? But... Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is more of an informational uh, question. Like you'll we, probably, you'll we probably just learn information. So, you'll probably just learn from question. this uh, more than anything. Okay. Um, which of these statements about Texas is false? More than 100 varieties of cactuses grow in Texas. <laughs> Texas is the biggest state by square mileage. Texas is the largest beef producer in the U.S. The Texas state reptile is the horned lizard. What? No. Which is false? Which one's false? Which one's false? Oh, that's easy. Yeah, which one's the false? The square miles. Square one. miles? Yes. What? Yeah, square miles. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. square miles. Are you sure? There's yeah. a larger state. Well, There's I a reason you said this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is correct. Texas is not the biggest state by square mileage. So all the other ones are true. Which yeah. the biggest one is? Chris. Alaska. Yeah. Alaska. Alaska. Yes. So... Yes, the final score here. Jared just barely pulling out ahead at the end with five points. Joe with four. Chris with three. And Lawrence with one. Good job there. Thank you for playing. Thank you very much. And thank you, Joe. I ran my own little experiment, by the way. I answered the same because we said the first person to go will always win. So I just copied all of Joe's answers except for the one that I knew he got wrong. Wow. The Astrodome one. No, or no, no, no. Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Yeah, Other that than that, I so I just, whatever he said, I'm like, I'm going to say whatever he says. And he's like, oh, I know that that one's wrong. But normally, first place, there you go. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, this day in history, Joe Sarney, thanks for joining us on the show thanks today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Listeners, stick around. A little more live till 5 after this short break. <laughs>
We're back with a little more live till 5. Here on this Friday, November 3rd, it's 4.31 p.m. Here at the KHMG Studios, episode 238 of Live Till 5. If you ever miss part of the show, tune in on Saturdays from noon to 2 or Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. when you can catch the entire show rebroadcast. And we do that on purpose because we know many people, you can't listen to the whole show straight through, but you might be able to catch a little bit today on your way home from soccer practice and on Saturday on your way to the store and Sunday night on your way home from church. We want you to be able to get as much of it as you can. So we rebroadcast the show in its entirety, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. You can also download the podcast through our website, khmg.org, and listen to the whole show at your convenience along with many other great podcasts that we produce, uh, broadcasts that we produce and turn into podcasts there on our website. Now, still in studio, Lawrence Nagengast, resident uh, history expert. Last week, I compared him to Indiana Jones. This week, I would maybe more compare him to... Uh, uh, who's the guy who discovered the South Pole? trying to remember that guy he's, he's like that guy when you know there were all these great explorers maybe more like Ernest Shackleton didn't quite make it to the South Pole but he survived I appreciate that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you're a survivor yeah. you're sometimes a, we feel and, like that. Uh, yeah the endurance this 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 segment is like that you know you've endured through it Both now endurance. you've been on it for like 150 200 episodes now and oh probably at least I've been, you know, I've, I was only your fan not base on is it. huge I was only not on it for about 40 episodes there you go so you're you're pushing episode 200 for yourself probably which is a record it's about right I mean I it's, the it's, it's the most episodes of radio show you've ever you. been on yeah there you go yeah. we're, we're you know you're you're second in command <laughs> you're my Ooh, first mate oh, quite the empire here I'm skipper and you're Gilligan Oh really? Yes, it's my fault. I'm Batman and you're Robin. Oh, okay. The first that's one, a better one. Uh, yeah, yeah you're, that's you're Dick Grayson. That one. Oh. If you're the first mate, I must be the admiral. Yeah, yeah you you are now. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, He's the, you're the commander in chief of the uh, NATO yep. Allied uh, uh, fleet. So now, Lawrence, it is Friday, November third. I'm certain a lot of history has happened on this day, and uh, we would love to hear. What you've got for us today? I've been on the edge of my seat for moments I'm waiting sure you for have. this. I'm yeah. sure he's standing up right now. I, I'm yeah. literally he's not even on a seat. Out, out of my seat now. Uh, I will say I won't go all over all of them, but this has been a big election day for many years. Is uh, mm-hmm. it could be the yep. first Tuesday of the month of November, and so um, there's been at least a half a dozen elections that are on here that are talked about. And um, but of course, we won't, I won't go through all those. Uh, we did have our career fair today, today, <laughs> today and uh, our college readiness seminar, college prep seminar. And um, so it was a good opportunity to have about 30 different companies represented from the community come in and they talk to the kids. Uh, and Chris is one of them. You did it last year. And uh, and basically, it's a good opportunity for them to talk about some different things and, and um, options they have out there for them when it comes to picking a major and, and passions they have or things they like and would like to get paid to work in and that's always nice if you can find something you like and get paid to do it that's pretty good so anyways that was this afternoon and then we finished up our accreditation visit uh this afternoon as well so 
Uh, busy week. And we week. passed with, we disti- did. with distinction. With flying colors, really, is what it, what it yeah. is actually uh, interpreted as. Is, um, so it was a really good visit for them, and many of them will be leaving tomorrow and then the rest of them on Sunday and Monday. But anyway, so busy week, but let's talk a little bit about what happened here, I guess, in history besides hey, uh, before, today. Before you start, what brand is your shirt? It's got a, a it's, unique it's, it's red a, logo on it. Well, it looks like two arrows No, it's a, it's a kayak it's with a kayak. two guys in it rowing. Okay. And I can't tell you what it is because I don't know. you can't see your own collar? Yeah, I don't know. All right, while you're talking, I'm going to look at your collar. Go okay. ahead. Sounds good. <laughs> Terrific. This, this won't this be is, hard at all. This is great radio. In this 1534. Is why he's in the Sahara Club. Yeah. Sahara Club. That's, there you Sahara go. JC Penney's. Yeah, absolutely. Might have been Ross. <laughs> All right, there you go. So, 1534, English Parliament accepts Act of Supremacy. Henry VIII becomes the head of the Church of England. This is all over the fact that uh, the head of the Catholic Church didn't want him divorcing, because that's not what they did, but he wanted to divorce Catherine of Aragon, his first wife, and so instead he dropped the Catholic Church, developed the Anglican Church, became the Pope and the King at the same time, first person to do that. Now that's just protocol, is the queen is both the head of the Anglican Church and the queen, or the king in the case of a, of a gentleman. And so um, that all happened on this day many, many years ago. Uh, moving forward, George Friedrich Handel undergoes failed eye operation, 1752. I don't know what that looks like in 1752. Whoa. It doesn't give me good feelings that he had yeah. eyesight much yeah. after that. But Handel's a very famous composer, um, did a lot of... Uh, composing back in the 1700s. The Messiah. The Messiah being one yeah. of the famous. And his water pieces. music, of course, sure. is one of my favorites. Sure. 17, uh, 1793, French playwright, journalist, and feminist, Olympe de, de Gaugas is guillotined. Uh, that's right in the middle, the heart of Happy little the, French, <laughs> the French Revolution. Uh, and, of course, not too long after that, Napoleon will come in and take over and sort of be the man on the white horse to ra- rescue the French from Robespierre, Maximilian's reign of terror. And um, so 1905, Tsar Nicholas II of Russia signs a document of amnesty for the political prisoners. Uh, and that's referring to um, their conflict with, with Europe at the time. Uh, again, I keep going through and seeing all sorts of different uh, elections on this day. Again, I'm not reading them all. 1911, Chevrolet officially enters the automobile market in competition with the Ford Model T. I don't know what the first Chevrolet car was in 1911. Uh, it had to be something um, of of worth to be able to compete with the Model T. Uh, maybe they had a new color. Uh, of course, Henry Ford was a guy that said you can have it in any color you want as long as it's black. Yep. And so uh, I, maybe it was a color. Uh, maybe it was speed. Uh, the original cars that came out, there was a law called the Red Flag Law that individuals had to walk in front of the car waving a red flag so that people could, you know, make sure to stay out of the way. And uh, you can imagine if somebody's having to walk in front of the car <laughs> to, to clear the area, the car's not going real fast. In fact, it was in the city, two miles an hour was the speed limit. Four, you can go whopping four miles an hour outside the city. 1962, Wilt Chamberlain of NBA uh, the San Francisco Warriors score 72 points versus the L.A. Lakers. And, uh, of course, he'll be the same guy to later score 100 points uh, in a game, most scored. And uh, I think I think Kobe's 81 is the second most, uh, if I'm not mistaken. There might have been another one by Wilt uh, in there. but I, I think, think there was a girl that uh, 
played for JFK against your high school girls that team. Might that, have, <laughs> that might have been. <laughs> rifled She that. might have come up there against <laughs> Sorry, that. Sorry, too soon. Too soon. Yeah, that we haven't played them yet this year. Okay, right. um, good thing. Otherwise, I'd have, I'd have felt worse. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyways, uh, the last couple things on this day uh, happened just a couple years ago. I have two. Uh, and one of them is in 2014, New York's 104-story One World Trade Center officially opens 13 years after September 11th. So that was three years ago. And then uh, game maker Act- Activision Blizzard, uh, which is a pretty famous gaming company, bought King.com. And if you remember right, they are the ones that came out with Candy Crush uh, for $5.9 billion. So two years ago... A, a little, I don't know how little they were, but a company, King.com, created Candy Crush, and they were bought out by Blizzard for five point, uh, I think $5.6 billion. Wow. That's and Blizzard lot. develops a lot of uh, games for the big gaming platforms. They do. Yeah. They do. They're, they're, they're a, a well-to-do company and, and do a lot of great things. To go along with your one of your first points about Chevrolet Motors, oh, yeah. 1911. Uh, it was start. The company was started by Swiss race car driver and automotive engineer Louis Chevrolet. Mm-hmm. Uh, co-founded yep. the Chevrolet Motor Company in Detroit with William Durant. Mm-hmm. Investment partners with William Little and uh, former Buick owner James Whiting and Edwin Campbell. And then the first car they made in 1911 was the, I think it was the Series C Classic Six. Hmm. And it was expensive. Uh, the mm-hmm. prototype was a, a costly prototype, and it did have colors. Actually, it was uh, the one I'm looking at right now is a blue, like a navy blue. So, hmm. uh, obviously, they got off to a good start. Um, still kicking today, unlike many other automotive yeah. companies, which I listed about 60 automotive companies that have gone out of business in the last 30 years. Last week. Last week. Yeah. Yeah. The Dodge brothers were coming along at the same time, and they did their specific. Uh, specialty was on engines specifically and daimler chrysler same sort of thing so you each of them each of them were kind of some had their price like that was ford went after the assembly line interchangeable parts and and price and then you had other com- other companies had to come along and offer something that the rest of them didn't now today it's they've been all around long enough that they all have people with their precedent of what they prefer and go from there so but back in the day it was heavy competition still yep. is still yep. is yeah. All right. And that's uh, everything that happened that's of any note on November 3rd in history. And uh, Lawrence, thank you very much. Do you have basketball tonight, by the way? We do. We're playing GW here tonight, and then we'll go over to Teedson tomorrow night. Wow. Back-to-back games. Okay. Oh, yeah, every weekend. Have a great weekend there, Lawrence. We appreciate you uh, coming by and enlightening us. Sure, sure thing. <laughs> All right. And uh, listeners, why don't you just stay tuned? I think what we're going to do is take a short break and uh, listen to a few of our regular entrance little little segments that we uh, insert into the program a little informative segments by different christian ministries that we really appreciate some of them are devotional some of them are informational and uh, some of them are very topical we want to share those with you this is live till five it's friday afternoon november 3rd 4 42 p.m here at the khmg studios i'm jared baldwin your host episode 238 oh by the way before i forget Don't forget about the coloring contest, the Thanksgiving coloring contest down at the Faith Bookstore. Three different age categories, four to six years old, seven to nine years old, 10 to 12 years old. They have three first, second, and third place, some pretty good prizes, and all your kids have to do is color a Thanksgiving picture. Great deal. Go by and see Jason, Ian, and all the other wonderful people down there at Faith, open from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. 
They are not sponsoring the program. That was just a freebie because I love those people down there. We'll be back after this short break. more live till five i'm your host jared baldwin 4 46 p.m on this friday afternoon here at the khmg studios the theme for today was texas because we wanted to do a little shout out to all those houston fans houston astros won the world series a couple interesting things about that crazy game the insane game five for example they broke all kinds of records with that game. Uh, let's see here. Some of the crazy facts just about Game 5, which was a real nail-biter for those that are Dodgers and Astros fans. The Astros became just the second team in the World Series history to overcome multiple three-run holes. Uh, 3% was the length of Dallas Cooch's start. Oh, I'm sorry. Three and a third. Four comebacks combined. For the Astros and Dodgers, there were four different comebacks in the game. First team with different players by Astros, Ewell Gurniel, Jose, well, basically Jose, George, Springer, Carlos Correa, Brian McCann, with a homer in a single World Series game. Game-tying homers in five games are the most on record for any World Series dating back to 1974. And home runs, Clayton Kershaw has now allowed in the playoffs eight total. 14 number, fourteen was the number of total pitchers used in the game, game five. 22 is a total home runs between the two clubs in five games. Breaks the previous record of 21 by the San Francisco Giants and the Anaheim Angels in 2002. 25 combined runs were the most in a series game. That was from game five, of course. And basically, it is pretty amazing game. Pretty amazing series going all the way to Game 7. And Carlos Correa celebrates a World Series title with an on-field proposal. I don't know if you saw that. But basically, he decided to propose right on the spot, on the field, to his fiancée. Uh, let's see here. Houston Astros led their city to the National League wildcard victories in 2004-2005. Continued on to the World Series after becoming 2005 National League champs. Seller lineup of ball players fills the stands in Minute Maid Park. Built in 2000, Houston Astros' downtown home, Minute Maid Park's retractable roof technology brought open-air baseball to Houston for the first time in 35 years. And the natural grass surface and classic architecture provided Minute Maid Park the atmosphere of the great, uh, the same atmosphere as the great ballparks of baseball's golden age. So. Uh, just a few little fun facts about Houston itself. Congratulations to those of you that are Houston fans. I think most of Guam are L.A. Dodgers fans just because we have a lot more connections to California than Texas. 
But a uh, little Texas history in general. You know, the Alamo, of course, was a Spanish mission there to Texas. The spread of Christianity uh, through Catholicism in Texas uh, was a big influence in the early days of Texas history. Texas became an independent nation called the Republic of Texas in 1836. But fending off hostile tribes and Mexican troops was difficult for a small country, and Texas joined the United States in 1845. 1861, Texas left the Union and rejoined after the Civil War ended in 1870. Didn't know that. Why is it called Texas? It's said that the Cotto tribe greeted Spanish settlers by saying, Teas, which means friends, sounds like Texas. Texas is nicknamed the Lone Star State because in 1836, when the Republic of Texas declared itself an independent nation, it flew a flag with a single star on it. Of course, it's got a lot of different wildlife, everything from armadillos, black bears, coyotes, cougars. Uh, They even have an endangered cat called a jaguarondas, tiger salamanders, and leopard frogs. Of course, they have a lot of birds as well, hummingbirds and screech owls, plant lifes, including... uh, Pinion pines, Texas mesquite, cottonwood, plus uh, a lot of different cacti. A lot of natural resources in Texas. Here's a few fun facts. This is something that's very interesting. When I lived in Texas in the early 90s, we would go to Six Flags over Texas in San Antonio there. And I didn't know why they called it Six Flags because there are Six Flags. There was a Six Flags in Missouri, different things like that. But here, here's an interesting fact for you. Six flags have flown over Texas, uh, including the British, the French, the Mexican, the Texan, the United States, and the Confederate flag. That's how Six Flags Amusement Parks got its name. Frontiersman and politician Davy Crockett moved to Texas around 1825 and died while fighting at the Alamo. Two U.S. presidents were born in Texas, Dwight D. Eisenhower and Lyndon B. Johnson. Houston's Johnson Space Center, also known as Mission Control, carries President Johnson's name. Because it's so close to Mexico, Texas has developed a cuisine that is a mix of Mexican food and American cooking called Tex-Mex. Really good, by the way. Want to feel like a cowboy? Of course, you can go to the—they have over a 1,000 ranches and rodeos in Texas. And, of course, Texas is, I believe, the second largest state by landmass. And all-around great place to go to. So I would encourage you, if you ever get a chance to travel to Texas, you should do it. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the show with a few final by-the-numbers and a challenge for you, invitation to visit us at Church at Harvest. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host, episode 238. Glad to have you with us. Stick around a little more live till 5 after this short break. few minutes of live till five thank you for listening today thank you for being part of the show you can find us on facebook harvest family radio guam follow us send us a little note we'd love to hear feedback from you what do you like about the show what do you think what do you think would be a good topic for the future a theme 
We'll give it our best consideration if you send us an article or a theme, idea, you want us to talk about something specific, a guest that we should have on the show, just let us know through our Facebook page. Send us a, a message through that. We, we'd love to hear from you. You can listen to us, khmg.org. Remember our live streams and podcasts there as well. As we wrap up the show, just a few by the numbers here. This is from World Magazine. Just got this uh, recently. 3.4 million. That's the number of people in Puerto Rico. Nearly the entire population without power a week after Hurricane Maria made landfall. 54.6%. That's the share of the vote taken by former Alabama Chief Justice Roy Moore in a September 26th primary election win in the statewide race over U.S. Senate seat. Moore will face off against Democratic candidate Doug Jones. I believe he already did that. 22, that's the number of consecutive games the Cleveland Indians had won throughout the summer. Of course, that ended. 313,000, the number of traditional Amish in the United States. I would not have guessed that many. 313,000 traditional Amish in the United States. Up 149% from 25 years ago, according to the Elizabethtown College in Pennsylvania. And finally... 35.5% is the decline in box office revenue in August 2017 compared with August 2016. The $657.7 million in revenue was the worst August for movies in the last 20 years. Well, they need to make more family-friendly movies that uh, we can take our kids to. That's my opinion. Anyway, hey, if you don't have a church home, you don't have a, a place where you can go and worship and you can hear God's Word preached... And you can sing along with with believers about God and about Jesus Christ and his redemption, blood-bought redemption for us. Then we encourage you to visit us at Harvest. We, We might not be your type, might not be your flavor, but I know that we preach the word. And I know that you'll be fed spiritually and you'll be greeted warmly and you'll be encouraged And uh, I would encourage you, come visit us, 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning, right here at Harvest Baptist Church. We're not hard to find, right off of Route 8 behind the mobile McDonald's. If you see the mobile McDonald's, you turn there, you drive down the street, you can't miss us. We're about a mile behind the mobile McDonald's, right off of Sergeant Roy T. Damien Jr. Street. We'd love to have you with us this Sunday morning. We have a guest speaker. It'll be a really great time. And uh, we have something for families. We try to have something for all different demographics and ages and backgrounds. And we have classes that start at 9.30 in the morning. If you want to get into a Bible class where you're maybe learning at a little deeper level, a little smaller environment, you can come to our classes at 9.30 a.m. And uh, come a few minutes early. Our coffee shop is open, and we give away free coffee on Sunday mornings before Sunday school, just to, before that adult Bible fellowship hour to try and get people you know, a why, uh, alive, alert, awake, and enthusiastic, as they used to say. And then, of course, on Sunday nights, we have what we call Family Bible Hour. It's an entirely different kind of service than the Sunday morning. It's family-oriented. It's there to be a blessing to uh, everyone that comes. It's a little more low-key. It's short. It's about one hour. Practical. I'm trying to uh, make it very practical. It's It's still preaching, and we still sing and things, but... We oftentimes emphasize different missions projects that are going on or things that we're able to do in the community. And so I encourage you to visit us uh, this Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday nights. We have a lot going on here at Harvest. We'd love to have you come visit us then, too. We have children's programs, teen group. We have adult prayer meetings, adult classes. We have an apologetics class going on right now. And just come be part of what Harvest is. We'd love to have you. This radio station is a ministry of Harvest Baptist Church, and although... 
uh, we are able to reach out to many people that will never be part of our church. Uh, it's always tied back to the theology and philosophy and ministry of Harvest Baptist Church, and we're glad that we get to be a part of your life, and we're glad that we got to be part of your Friday afternoon. As lighthearted as, as it is, we hope it was an encouragement to you. We want to be a blessing to you. We are glad that you tuned in, and uh, we hope that uh, you keep tuning in. And just keep the radio dial set right here to 88.1 FM. And that's the fastest two hours of my life. It's 4.58 p.m. on Friday, November 3rd. This is Jared Baldwin, the host of Live Till 5, episode 238, is on the books. And you can download the podcast later on on our website, khmg.org. Again, noon to 2, Saturday, 7 to 9, Sunday night. You can listen to the show in rebroadcast form on the radio or online. Find us on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Let us know that you're listening. You're listening to the show on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Baragata Guam. Have a great weekend. Mm-hmm.